Hi guys, welcome to episode five of the Healing Haley Show. If you're here again, thank you for being here and thank you for showing up for yourself. So today we're going to be talking about attachment styles and, you know, what an attachment style is, why is it so vital to all of our relationships and why is it extremely important knowledge to know? A quick disclaimer at the beginning, I am not a licensed professional. I'm just a girl who's sharing her story in hopes that it can help a few people along the way. So if you are looking for that licensed help, then definitely go seek it elsewhere. If you want to stick around and keep listening, as I said, we're going to be talking about anxious attachment styles. And in this episode, specifically the anxious or preoccupied attachment style. Before we start, my name is Hayley Foreman. I'm going to be your host. Like this video if you do, share and subscribe. It really helps me out. I would greatly appreciate it. So to start off today, let's talk about what an attachment style is. So an attachment style is based on a theory called the attachment attachment theory. And that theory studies the psychology of relationships between humans and specifically your relationship between your primary caregiver and how that relationship now directly determines your relationship with every other person in your life. And the theory states that you need to have a secure attachment with your primary caregiver to be able to navigate your life and relationships in a healthy way. The relationship with your primary caregiver isn't the only thing that can affect your attachment style. But your relationship with your primary caregiver is going to show you what your core attachment style is. Because you will attach in a way that is majority one attachment style. That's the attachment style you'll always kind of revert back to. Uh, when you're severely triggered. But you may also have other traits of other attachment styles. And that may be caused by um, some trauma or stress that you went through in your life. It's now causing you to attach in another way. Uh, Like, for example, imagine when you were 16, you got your first job and You know, you typically had an avoidant attachment style, but now you're at this job and you thought it was going really great and you thought everything was good. And then unexpectedly you were fired and that really kind of traumatized you in a way. You can now move forward into all your other jobs carrying that anxiety. So, like I said, you may not be an anxious person in general, but in the field of your career, you you are anxious. You're, you're constantly needing reassurance that you're um, not going to be fired or, or something like that, right? So how can your attachment style affect you? There's three main things that we want to focus on. Number one, your attachment style can affect your ability to communicate your emotions and needs in your friendships, um, partnerships or family relationships if you are unable to communicate your needs in a healthy way 
chances are your relationships are going to be very difficult because they're going to feel very unsafe. You can often have your boundaries broken or you will be breaking other people's boundaries. Another way is it affects how you respond to conflict. Now, as human beings, we have varying degrees of conflict throughout our life that we have to deal with. But pretty much every day, there's some level of conflict that we may have to deal with. And if you're not able to manage or move through this conflict in a healthy way, that's going to create a lot of difficulty in your life. It's also going to affect how you form expectations about your relationships. So I kind of spoke about this in uh, videos before where I spoke about fantasizing a person and creating this unrealistic expectation of what um, your partner might be or what a friend might be like. And you can also, on the opposite side, bring unhealthy uh, dynamics from the past like so if you had an unhealthy dynamic in your childhood with your primary caregiver especially but you know just even with both your caregivers or parents then you can be bringing those traits into your relationships now and think that that is love because that's how you were shown love as a kid so it can feel very safe to you um, but really, it's unhealthy and it can be hard to uh, figure out how to know what's unhealthy and 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 what's healthy. So it's really important to kind of know all of these things that we're talking about to to be able to communicate your needs, to be able to um resolve conflict to be able to have realistic expectations those things are really really important in your life and your attachment style is affecting all of those things that's why your attachment style is so important and you can have four ways of attaching broadly you have a secure attachment or an insecure attachment and then Within that insecure attachment, you can express yourself in three ways. As I said, you will likely have a core way um, that was caused by childhood. But let's talk about the three ways. It can be one, which is anxious or preoccupied. Two, which is dismissive or avoidant. Or three, which is fearful, avoidant, avoidant or disorganized. Those are just two ways of referring to the same thing. But for me, I refer to attachment styles as anxious, dismissive avoidant, and fearful avoidant. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the anxious attachment. Why is it important, though, to listen to all four of these episodes? Because in the first three, we'll talk about each attachment style, the insecure ones, and then in the last one, we'll talk about secure attachment, and we'll specifically talk about how to move your insecure attachment to a secure attachment. So, for example, if you are specifically dismissive avoidant, how to work on those traits to become securely or if you're anxious and how to work on that and, and whatnot. So, it's important to listen to all four because, as I kind of said before, you can have a core attachment, but you can relate 
in different ways in different areas of your life and it still is necessary to understand other attachment styles to start seeing that you are actually um behaving in an unhealthy way or having an insecure attachment to whatever it is that is uh, causing you some level of grief in your life the second reason why it's important is because your attachment style is how you attach to you know other people so those people also have attachment styles as well and dependent on what their attachment style is that's going to you know cause a different dynamic between the two of you so if someone tends to be avoidant and someone tends to be anxious in a relationship together it's going to be kind of polarized or like the the one person's going to be extremely anxious and one person's going to be extremely avoidant sometimes dependent on what their triggers are and if they're triggering each other and kind of in that space of negative ego like uh, attacking one another so that's why I always talk about that everything can be healed that like dynamics between you and other people can change and shift if you heal these things within yourself you're no longer having that dynamic so people can get really caught up in their head of like oh this would have never worked because you know they are this person but the truth is they aren't that person it's just that they have these tools to work on and uh if they do work on securing them then now you can both come together and have a great relationship that that really is possible so Definitely listen to all four, but I also spoke about emotional maturity before I spoke about attachment styles because it's really necessary to get to a subconscious level of why you're even attaching in this way. You know, subconsciously, you get to a point where you realize why you're acting a certain way because you're emotionally immature. If you if you watch those videos, you'll know what I'm speaking about and you'll Uh, understand emotional immaturity and then you'll realize that your emotional immaturity directly relates to your attachment style as well so if you are having an insecure attachment it's likely because you have some emotional maturity to work on in your life so it's really necessary to get to that level and not just look at attachment styles and work on securing your attachment style if you haven't really healed things from your past because you can have periods of being more secure like you can get into a relationship with someone who is more securely attached and that brings out more secure qualities within you and you're not um, responding in an unhealthy way in that relationship but you won't create long-term permanent change by doing that by just saying oh these are the ways that I attach and I identify with this attachment style and I'm gonna change these things so that my relationships are now secure like not if you're just changing them from that very surface level and changing them just to make the relationship more secure because what will happen is if you go through difficult conflict or um some kind of traumatic conversation that reminds you of the past or or even something something specifically happens that triggers you you will now revert back to um 
expressing yourself through that attachment. And that's not going to be healthy. And the whole point is you need to be able to consistently move through things and adapt to things. So you need to fix it at the root and have that long-term change and permanent change instead of just trying to fix it on the surface. So let's now start talking about the symptoms and what anxious attachment can look like. We're going to first talk about the signs in children. If you have a kid, then it will be helpful. But also, even if you didn't, you don't have a kid, it's helpful to look back and think, did I act this way as a kid? Because it can help you to identify your attachment style. So signs of anxious attachment style in children. Crying that isn't easily consoled. So it's difficult to soothe the kid or it was difficult to soothe you as a kid. Um, becoming very upset when a caregiver leaves or being very clingy to your caregiver, like actually physically, like clingy. For me, when I was a kid, that was, that was me. Like Yvonne used to have to like hide me or take me away so that my mom could sneak out and go to work because I would like cry that she left. And I can see that and say, oh, like, yes, obviously I have anxious um, tendencies, even though I don't relate to an anxious um, attachment style completely. I more relate to a fearful avoidant who leans anxious because fearful avoidant kind of falls in between um, anxious and, and a dismissive avoidant person. So for me, I fall in that middle, but I'm, I mostly lean anxious. So going back through my childhood and seeing that, yes, I did respond in this way could help me also identify the anxious qualities that I have or anxious tendencies that I have. So let's go through a couple more. Um, Kids who have an anxious attachment can explore less than children of a similar age. You know, they can not really interact with strangers as often or they're just more generally anxious Um, another thing is that you can have issues regulating and controlling negative emotions so anxious kids can be prone to displays of aggressive behavior or poor pair interactions like at school um kind of any of these things can can kind of signify an anxious attachment in a kid so definitely go back through that list check yourself or think about you know what your kid is acting like and if they're exhibiting any of these traits now let's talk about your anxious attachment as an adult and how that can look You can have difficulty trusting others, low self-worth, worrying that your partner's going to abandon you, craving a kind of intense closeness and intimacy, becoming overly dependent or what people would refer to as like codependent in relationships, 
being overly sensitive to our partner's change in action or moods so any little thing and you're needing like constant reassurance and that's another thing a person who needs um constant reassurance that they are cared about or that everything's okay tends to be a person who is anxiously attached and also being highly emotional impulsive unpredictable and moody you know anxious people can be very jealous or clingy in relationships or friendships even you know not being comfortable with your best friend getting close to another person and thinking that that's going to take away from your relationship like that can really signify an anxious attachment in that way so adults who develop an anxious attachment style maybe at an increased risk for anxiety disorders so you may have a generalized anxiety disorder or you may have panic attacks um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you anxiously attach like other other attachment styles do too but as i said there's kind of an increased risk with anxious attachment So now that we've spoken about some symptoms and what it can look like, let's talk about some of the causes. A troubled childhood, including, you know, physical or or sexual abuse that can um, cause an anxious attachment. Instances of neglect or mistreatment can cause anxious attachment. Caregivers who ridiculed them or became annoyed when they were distressed when when you were a kid and you were distressed and the last thing is if you had early separation from a parent or caregiver this is like kind of the main thing that can cause an anxious attachment style and for me I lost my mom when I was 13 and it was sudden so that really caused a lot of anxiety within me. But it wasn't just across the board that I became anxious. I only became anxious in, in, in one way, really, if we think about like anxiety, because I did have distrust in other ways. There was that kind of um, a feeling of betrayal in ways, but really how the anxiety came out was... Uh, I now had an anxious tendency to feel that the person who I was most attached to in the world now, who used to be my mom, who, as I said, died suddenly, I am now projecting that into my future relationships and thinking that, you know, the person who I am most attached to in the world is now going to die suddenly. And... Uh, that's been like really, really difficult for me to move through because there's no control in what's going to happen and if people will be okay and not be okay and, you know, you get anxious because you don't want to go through that pain again. You know, you don't want to lose this person that you love more than anything in the world. And for me, I have had two relationships where it really was um, coming out and 
you know, uh, very typical that both of those people were um, avoidant. So my anxious tendencies tend to come out more in those relationships. But in one of the relationships, the person kind of saw me and knew what I had been through and understood it and understood how it was causing me to act the way I was acting. And that person also was much better at setting boundaries for themselves. So they could see in that moment that like I needed that reassurance because I was scared. But they also had the ability to be like, hey, it's not necessarily healthy that you need this much assurance. And like I'm willing to give you some, but I'm not willing to give you like what you're saying you need. Uh, because you might need to go get that looked at. And I did need to go get that looked at, but I didn't. So the person didn't say that to me in the moment, but they just said, I'm not going to do that. Um, we're going to do this. And that actually just helped me. Like I, I didn't respond as anxiously. You know, even though I still was a bit anxious, and I'm sure they would say that I was, a, I was anxious, it wasn't like as, as bad as it could be. It was a lot better than it could have been. So in my other relationship, however, I had someone who definitely cared as well and and I think understood why I was anxious, but didn't know how to then um, talk about that and set a healthy boundary. And I think it was coming from a good place. Like I think they just wanted to be helpful. Like I think they just wanted to not have me go through that anxiety. But when it started becoming too much for them, they didn't speak up and say that, you know. In fact, they would not, they would like say the opposite. Like they would be like, no, it's fine. But it really wasn't fine, you know. Uh, So that was difficult for the relationship because then now I'm just like going further and breaking that person's boundary without knowing I'm breaking that person's boundary because they haven't made it clear that I am actually breaking their boundary and it's causing resentment or, you know, whatnot. And then it kind of just gets bad. And then that person feels like you're being controlling and you're like, well, I'm not being controlling. I just want to know if you're okay. Like, I'm not asking what you're doing or, you know, trying to find out every detail of what's going on with you. I just want to know that you're alive. You know, but then that, like the way it feels though is controlling. So it feels that way, but not necessarily that way. Um, and that's really difficult. And, that, and that's obviously, as I said, that's happened to me in a relationship and uh, it sucks. Like it, it sucks that that is where it goes because that's not what you mean. Um, so I'm talking about it in hopes that, you know, if you can recognize any of these things within yourself that you may be doing, like obviously maybe not what I was doing because you don't really relate to that, but maybe in some way you're being overly jealous or constantly checking in or constantly needing this reassurance that they're not going to break up with you or something. And you might need to now say, okay, maybe I can like actually go get some help to start dealing with this and start working through it and finding out where it's coming from. And it's not just the fact that I am an anxious person because so many people do this where they say, oh, I'm just an anxious person. So this is what's happening. And and you can almost normalize it. But really, it's it's not like it's okay to have anxiety. There's nothing abnormal about having anxiety. 
but it's not healthy in your relationships to uh you know not have a healthy level of trust and understanding so you definitely have to uh look at your relationship be honest be real think about the times that other people have maybe said something to you in a in a small way of like they didn't really feel like that was uh like they didn't really feel like that was healthy and then try and think about that and then that can give you clues as to what you might need to work on or you might already know it right because you, you probably do um so we just spoke about what can cause it. You know, there's other things too. Like I said, you could be neglected as a kid. Your caregiver could have shamed you or ridiculed you. So, you know, that I also had that in my childhood. So that caused a, a few more um, anxious tendencies. So sit down with it, kind of think about it within yourself. See if you can recognize any of these traits that any point in your life or within any subcategory of your life and start looking at where that may come from. Um, Because for me, even though it would have seemed very obvious that, oh, well, obviously you're worried about someone dying, Haley, because your mom died. Like, it didn't feel that obvious to me in the moment because it was only with the person who I was dating. It wasn't anyone else. So that was really weird to me. I was like, oh no, like that's just how I am in relationships. And I just drummed it up to that. I didn't really have the correlation between the fact that I was most attached to my mom and she died. And now I'm most attached to this person. And so now it makes sense that that's why I'm only scared that they're going to die. You know, I, I didn't know that for a really long time. Like, really long time. So definitely... uh don't just assume anything like actually think about it and sit with it uh so let's start looking at if your friend partner family member is anxiously attached how can you uh how can you help to like facilitate that relationship but not um break your own boundaries or use it as an excuse to allow unhealthy behavior from someone else Number one, give them ongoing assurance that you care about them. You know, from time to time, understand that they maybe just need a little bit more reassurance than the average person that you care about them and and give them to them at the um, level to which you feel comfortable because that would help them. Then be consistent in giving them attention. So anxious people tend to be very, as I, as I said before, one of the traits or one of the symptoms is that you're hypersensitive to a friend's moods or actions or your partner's moods or actions. So in that moment, when you can feel your friend or your partner being anxious, just you can let them know, you can be like, hey, like this is going on with me but it's about me it's not about you so I just want you to know that you know and that would that would be really helpful to them and that would um it would kind of help the consistency because then people would feel that things are kind of remaining balanced 
follow through on promises and commitments. Anxious people tend to be very uh, good at holding a grudge, I, I think. Uh, and you want to be consistent with your promises and commitments in general. But especially with anxious people, they will like pinpoint like, but you said this and you're not doing that. Like, you know, that that can be a very anxious quality. And then last but not least, encourage encourage self-awareness and self-reflection to help them overcome their anxious behaviors. So when things happen, like you need to be able to sit down and have conversations with people. Once again, why it's really important to go watch emotional maturity before you you know, work on your attachment style or working on the dynamic of your relationship when as it involves your attachment style because you need to be able to have a a conversation with someone where you can sit down with them you can empathize you can understand what they've been through you can hold space for them but you can also say peace and you can also say hey this may be happening i'm noticing that this is happening can you maybe start looking at this because it's now getting to a point where it's actually um causing some bad feelings within me or it's causing some uh disruption to my safety because now it feels like you know your anxiety is so bad that it's breaking my boundaries in a way and be able to have a conversation like that where you guys can just calmly talk about it and look at how you can uh bring light to someone's actions and and show them that and and that's again why I do not like this very individualistic lifestyle of leaving people to figure things out on their own. Uh, to some degree, people have to figure things out on their own if they're unwilling to to look at certain things. But uh, it is helpful. Like you are actually going to help someone by just reminding them in a subtle way that hey, you know, this is this is happening. And can we start looking at that? And always remember to be in a relationship with someone who is willing to look at that, who's willing to say, okay, yeah, wait, you might be right. We might need to sit down with this. That's extremely important. You know, the things that I just listed, they're not excuses for people's behavior. So I just want to say that one more time. Uh, Okay, so we kind of went through it all in terms of anxious attachment. If you really resonated with it, then... Uh, definitely try and research more about anxious attachment. I'm going to suggest that you go on YouTube and look up personal development school. School. It's run by a lady named Thais Gibson. I'll put her name and uh, maybe a link to her channel in the description below. But she's amazing. Like I can't stress enough how amazing she is. And she's gentle and she's kind and um, just validate so many of your feelings. So please, like, if you feel that you have um, an insecure attachment or you're in a connection with someone who does, definitely go check out her stuff. The next episode is going to be on uh, maybe fearful avoidant or dismissive avoidant. I'm not sure. But we'll get into the other insecure attachment style in the next video. And... Uh, keep moving from there but once again stick with the video even if you relate it to uh, anxious and you believe that this is your core attachment style 
please come watch the other ones to start learning about you know other qualities you may have or the qualities in um, other people that you're in connections with so thank you for listening guys we're at the end of this episode can't wait to see you next week lots of love lots of light please like share subscribe once again it really helps me and yeah i'll see you in the next episode bye guys